Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. About 25 or 30 years ago, Ann and I went to an air show out at the airbase at McGee-Tyson. It was the Thunderbirds, uh, uh, skilled Air Force pilots flying, and I wanted to suit up after during that show and after that show. I, it just kind of infused me with, with uh, the desire to kind of stand with those guys. At that show was a plane that looked just like this that was flying, which is a World War II era F-2A Buffalo. It was state-of-the-art for the day, and there was one flying in that show. Then on the ground in that show, not flying in that show, was this next plane, a stealth fighter. It was a F-117 Nighthawk. And I'm going to tell you, that thing was on the ground, and it looked like it was going 1,000 miles an hour sitting still. I mean, it's just, you walk up to it, and you think, and in fact, as I saw those guys uh, fly those Thunderbirds that day, I come away with, if these, if these dudes are flying this plane, you don't want to mess with them, wherever they are. They're going to win. And I, I felt uh, not only proud, but protected and, and guarded, I guess is the best way to put that. Because I saw some things that were in, in our arsenal that I didn't know we had at the time, and it was way above uh, any knowledge that I had had, for sure, and, and, and my talent level and, and anything to, 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 take, to, to bring to that equation for sure. And I walked away uh, feeling rather helpless, but uh, greatly protected and, and proud of who I am and where I live and the guys that are serving our country and flying these planes for us. But as I thought that day as well about our armament, how, how well equipped we are to, to, to engage war, to, to, to do battle against the enemy whether it's, it's uh, offshore or in, in this, this same country. And I thought about this passage of Scripture that day and today as well. I want to share with you, if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to look today at the armor of God and what it means to, to clothe ourselves, to suit up ourselves with, with his armor and, and the, the emphasis of each piece that he has here in this text. Verse 10 through 17 of Ephesians chapter 6 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, seven things I want us to glean from, today, from this text quickly. The first is this, is the armor of God is complete. He speaks to that in verse 11. 
And again in verse 17, put on the full armor of God. Don't leave anything out, he's saying. And why do we need to do that? Well, he says here as well in, 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 in verses 11 and 13, so that you can stand against the devil's evil schemes. There, uh, 13 says that you may be able to stand, and again, having done everything, to stand. So what's the point? The point is we fall if we're not fully armed. We fall if we leave a piece of this off because we are vulnerable in, the, in those areas, and the enemy knows it, recognizes it, and come after us. But notice also here in these verses, these opening verses, and, and what follows, we'll follow in just a moment, that the goal is not pursuit. The goal is not even aggression. The goal is that we'll be standing when the battle is over. We'll be the ones still standing. That's, it, 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 and that is, as I said, impossible without the full, complete armor of God. It's complete. Secondly, the armor of God is the belt of truth. Look at the first part of verse 14 with me. And stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So what is the truth? Is it the word? Well, yes, but not yet. We get to that in just a moment. What is it then? Uh, it's, it's, it is the, the, who, the who of God and the what of God. Who God is and what he's done or what he does. If you remember in John chapter 18, Pilate asked the question of Jesus after Jesus has said, I've, I've come to testify to the truth. And Pilate's question after that is, what's truth? What is truth? And Pilate didn't even recognize it. He was staring truth in the face and didn't know it at the time. John 16 tells us that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. We talked about that last week. As our advocate comes, our advocate always meshes and is in concert with and tandem with the scripture, the spirit is. And so the spirit and the scripture always work together. He would guide us, it says, John 16, into all truth. So truth then, in, in this context of this, this passage, is the reality of God and the work of God. How do you know those things? Well, you know those things by what we talked about last week in having an advocate and having the Holy Spirit living in us. We know those things by the Holy Spirit living in us and bringing the truth of God's word into our, our minds and hearts to, to, to know and be able to lock away those things, the belt of truth. The armor of God is complete. It's the belt of truth. It consists of also, thirdly, the breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, verse 14b section says, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Breastplate of righteousness in place. Righteousness, as I've talked about many times, is right thinking and right behavior following right thinking thinking the right things, for doing the right things for the right reason. Uh, that has to start in our thinking the right way. An unbeliever can do what's right, but it doesn't originate with him. It originates in the Scripture. Uh, all, all of what's right originated in, in God's Word. So then, righteousness or right living is, in essence, he's saying in this verse, the believer's Kevlar. It's a Kevlar vest of the believer, righteousness is, and it protects all the, the vital organs. Uh, that's what a breastplate does. Protects your, your heart, your lungs, all, all your vital organs, your liver, your spleen, your whatever. And notice also that what doesn't follow in this in this verse or in anywhere in this in this mention of the armor of God is a backplate, meaning we're never to retreat, we're never to turn our back to the enemy and turn our back to the battle. We're to face the battle and face the enemy down every time. The breastplate covers the front side of us, and there is no need for a backplate if we are, if we are constantly facing our opponent if we're constantly facing our enemy, uh, standing against him. The uh, breastplate of righteousness is, is there in place to do that. Now, the enemy wants us to think that's not enough, but it is. 
according to God's word. He, he will protect us with that uh, breastplate of righteousness. Third, fourthly, uh, it, the armor is complete, as is the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. And fourthly, the shoes of the gospel. The shoes of the gospel, look at verse 15. He says there, and with your <clears throat> feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. This idea of readiness is all about reminding the enemy of who we are and whose we are, being ready to share the gospel and to remind him of the gospel that has saved us. Uh, these, these shoes, I believe, as well, should look worn, should have some, some, uh, some, some mileage, some patina on them, if you will, because of our willingness to, 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 to walk forward and engage the enemy. You remember in, uh, in Forrest Gump, the movie, as, as Forrest joins the army and, and is assigned to, to the outfit where Lieutenant Dan is in control, one of the first things Lieutenant Dan tells him to do is make sure you got clean socks. Make sure your shoes are in good shape because if your feet's not right, the rest of your fighting ability, you're not going anywhere. Make sure your feet are taken care of. And the idea here is, <clears throat> is that our, our feet are fitted with the readiness, the, the, the uh, uh, standing watch, more or less, uh, finding our place in, in, ourselves in a state of readiness to, to share with him, with the enemy, and with whoever the gospel that has saved us. Uh, so it, it begs the question, is your story being told? Is there a readiness in your life and in your world to tell your story? Is it something you, you can give voice to easily? and be able to share with anybody who wants to ask. Uh, Paul urged young Timothy to always be ready, be in, be in, a, be in a constant state of readiness to, to share the gospel, the gospel story, God's story, and how it's impacted your story. Fifthly, we're to look at the shield of faith. Look at verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which, watch this, you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, whose faith is he talking about? Well, ours, our history, our track record, our, our mileage, our, our, our walk, uh, that, that idea of trusting God beyond, the, beyond the, the tangible, beyond what we can see, those things that build and deepen our root system and grow our faith. Because the, the, the deeper your faith, the longer your track record. The longer your track record, the bigger your shield is. The bigger your shield is, the more it protects you, the more the protection there is from it. So he's saying there that all those things are tied together. Our history, our track record, our, our, our deeper faith is tied to this idea of the shield's protection for us. And also this shield extinguishes the fiery uh, arrows and darts of the enemy, the scripture says. So understand that he's not just shooting an arrow to you to kill you. He wants to kill you and your family and your household. And the whole, he wants to burn it all down. These are flaming arrows to not only have you dead on the ground, but to, to consume your body as if you were never here, to consume your world and your life as if you were never here. He wants to annihilate you. We, we, we talked uh, two weeks ago in, in looking at our enemy about how it's not just enough to him to, to, to squelch your testimony. He wants you gone. He wants you done away with. You need to understand how he works. And he's, he's saying here that this, this shield of faith is there to give us what we need to extinguish the darts, the, the arrows uh, uh, that, that would kill us and kill our, our witness and our, our track record uh, on his behalf. And that's what he's, what he's about, what he's come to do. Number six is the helmet of salvation. Look at the first part of verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and, and, and put it on. In essence, he's saying our, our helmet is to, is to remind us of our salvation. 
Helmets protect the brain. They protect the things we know, the things we, we have learned, the things we have gleaned. So what should we know? What should, what should be in those brains? The first is this, is we should know the gospel that saved us. We should know and be able to vo bring voice to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the fact that we have believed that and he lives in us, the gospel that saved us. Secondly, we should know that God has a plan and purpose for my life. That we're not all just kind of wandering around here trying to figure out what's next. Why am I here? What's, what's my life supposed to be about? Why did God plant me in this time and place, in this generation for this day? We should know those things, that God has a plan and purpose and design for my life. Thirdly, we should know that the Holy Spirit is the guide, the navigator to all God is and all truth that, that there is in the Scripture. He is the guide and navigator to all God is and, and all God has. Fourthly, we should know that He is coming again, that His return is imminent, I believe, is soon. And that, that knowledge of the gospel, that knowledge of, of the, God's plan and purpose, that knowledge of the Holy Spirit in, in us, that knowledge of his, his promised return. Why is that so important? It's important because one of the most effective tools of the enemy is doubt. If he can sow doubt in you, he's got you. If he can sow doubt in you, your mouth is closed. You're never going to tell a story about what's going on because you doubt your ability to do it. You doubt his ability to bless it. If doubt is, is, a, is a constant reminder for you, I encourage you to go revisit the scripture and, and put the things in your brain that you know to be true and lock those things away and put the helmet of salvation on the cover and protect those things that you know to be true, those things that God has given you from his word that the helmet of salvation is there to protect. The armor of God's complete with the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. And finally, the armor of God is completed with the sword of the Spirit. Look at the last part of verse 17. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword and the Spirit, as I've shared with you last week and today as well, always work in tandem. They're always in concert with each other. One will never lead you away from the other. They'll always complement each other. Uh, notice also that this is the only offensive weapon that you have. All the rest of these pieces of armor are defensive pieces of armor. This is the only piece of offensive weapon that you have. Why is that the case? Because it's all you need. It's the only weapon you need. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God is the only weapon you need. We attack our enemy with it. Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against you will prevail. Why? Because you are armed with the sword of the Spirit. Second Chronicles 20, 15 says, for the battle is not yours, but God's. He is there to wage war against the enemy with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Uh, that's why we need to be in the Word. That's why we need to be feeding on it every day. It is our, our, our weapon. If, we, if we're going to win against the enemy, against, against temptation, if we're, if we're going to win against complacency, if we're going to win against fear, if we're going to win against addiction, if we're going to win against sin, if we're going to win those battles, we're going to have to, to get our nose in this book and know what it says because the enemy cannot stand and will not contest the word of God. He knows it to be true. What did Jesus do in the, in, the, in, the, in the desert, tempted by the devil? It is written, it is written, it is written every time. This was Jesus himself, the victor, doing battle with the, with the enemy, the, the, the defeated one, to, to say, it is written, it is written, it is written. He takes the enemy of the scripture three times in those three temptations because he wants us to see there's your weapon. There's what you wage war against. Um, my mom came by my bedroom every night at bedtime to say one thing, son, have you been in the Word today? Some, 
Well, most days I was in the Word. Some days I, I lied and said I wasn't. I wasn't. But most days I was because I knew I was held accountable. I knew she was going to pass by my bedroom door, and I, on the way from the bathroom to the bedroom, and say, "Have you been in the Word today, son?" And so, <clears throat> my, <clears throat> excuse me, my love for the Scripture was not developed when I was a kid or when I was a teenager. It was developed as as her habit became mine, and as her accountability. I want it for myself as well. I begin to, to, to see it work in my life and desire it and chase after it myself to where, <clears throat> excuse me, whether she would ask or not, uh, by the time I was, I don't know, shortly before Leanne and I were married, probably 18, 19 years old, I began to really develop a hunger for the Word of God. I wanted to know it. I wanted to know what it said. I wanted to, to, to glean as much as I could from it. And so those questions of, are you in the Word? Have you been in the Word today, son? Would usually be responded by, yeah, come here, i got a question or two for you. So that, that, that idea of staying, keeping our nose in the book is essential to, 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 to victory, spiritual victory in our life because the enemy is, as I said a couple of weeks ago, seeking to devour us. He's coming after us. Uh, and, and this war that we wage is real and our enemy is real. A couple of observations as we close. If you knew the formula for de defeating the enemy every time, why would you not use it? And here it is. Here, is. here is the armor of God to defeat him every time. And we, we wage war with these tools in our hands. And we, we know about these tools by the power of the word of God. Why would you use that formula? The final thing I want you to see as we close is this, is that there's a big difference between standing having survived and standing having won. Huge difference between those two things. Most of us feel like we, we're standing having survived. No, rocked and, and, and with nicks in our armor and <clears throat> with perhaps more defeats than victories. But there's a huge difference in standing having survived and standing having won. Standing having won takes us further into the battle. Standing having won takes us into a deeper walk with Christ and a state of maturity that we've not experienced before. Standing having won gives us a taste of victory that we won't experience again and again and again and again. Standing having survived puts most of us in a place of complacency and doubt and defeat and wondering, can I really trust this? Is this stuff really real? But starting to win some battles against the enemy with the scripture, with the word of God as our weapon, as our sword, that, that taste of victory will feed you again and again and again and again and again. Because, the, I'm going to tell you this, as... Uh, Someone's got a little mileage in this direction. I, I've lost a, a number of battles over the years. But as my faith has grown in, in, in the Word and in the Lord over the years, I, I win more than I lose now. And I'm, you know why? Mileage and experience. I've tasted victory. And I know what, I know what pushes the enemy back. He knows which buttons to push with me, but he doesn't he didn't push them as often because he gets tired of losing. And he'll, he'll come pick on you instead of me. And he does, but he still, he still chases me. But he loses more than he wins these days. Why? It's not because I'm a great Christian or anything. It's because I, I figured out this book is a way to push him back every time, in every situation, in every circumstance. I've seen it work because I put it to the test. And I, I've shown, shown God's word to be true in that regard to say, not today. Maybe tomorrow, but not today. Because here's what the word of God says about me and to me about you. Here's what the word of God says about me and to me about you. So try again tomorrow, but not today.
As he tastes defeat, he gets tired of defeat, and victory starts to, you start to taste it and desire it and, and, and chase after it. That's why the, these weapons are, are, are in our, in our uh, arsenal to defeat him again and again and again. Because, uh, as I said, a huge difference between standing having survived and standing having won. Victory is yours. It's there. If you feel more defeat than victory, here are the tools to put in place to win against him. Use them. Put them on. Strap them on. Walk toward him. And you'll stand when all else will fall. Let's pray. Father, it, it is against a crafty and deceitful and cunning and conniving enemy. It's difficult to win. It's difficult to win when the circumstances are even favorable for us. When they're not, it's even harder. But here today, you've given us in your word. You remind us in week one that our enemy is real. He's coming after us. You remind us last week that we have an incredible advocate living in us. All God is living in, in, in us, each of us who know you as, as Savior and Lord. And now here are these tools to put in place, to understand, to give the Spirit something to work with, to understand what the Word says, to walk in it, to, 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 to give it back to the enemy when he tempts us, when he tries to defeat us, when he tries to keep our mouths closed in situations where a word needs to be said, when we, when we try to overcome our fear of saying or doing the wrong thing. These tools are, are in place and should be in our arsenal to walk steadily, readily, and willingly toward you. The difference is picking them up and putting them on. If, we'll, if, we'll, if we need to, take us back to Ephesians 6 every day to help us arm ourselves with these things and, and to take, take the battle to the enemy. Why? Because so much hangs in the balance. Our testimony in the lives of other folks around us hang in the balance. Their eternity may hang in the balance. Uh, our witness and our, our, our growth and our depth in you hangs in the balance. How people see us handling difficult situations and circumstances and valleys and pitfalls that occur in our life, how they see us handle those things, our witness with them hangs in the balance. So teach us that uh, it's not just wise, it's essential that we arm ourselves with these things daily if we're going to win against the enemy and he's coming after us. Remind us of that truth. But the victory that's ours, we take the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and wage war with him with it every day in every situation. You give us victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.